This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good evening everyone. We continue in Daf HaShavua. We're learning Misachti Vamois. Daf Pei Beis, Amar Beis. The Gemara is discussing the following issue. The Gemara had a kasha. There is a brisa that said if you have two boxes of chule, uh, two boxes, one of chulen and one of truma, and they fell into two containers that hold a saw, one of chulen and one of truma. So they're both mutter, because I say the truma fell into the truma and the chulen fell into the chulen. And there's a machloikis between Rish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan as to how to interpret this b'risa. Rish Lakish says you have to say that the, on the chance that the truma fell into the chulin, the chulin is more than the truma. So even if the, if the truma fell into the truma, great, but if the truma fell into the chulin, then uh, the chulin will outweigh it. And Rabbi Yochanan is of the opinion, even if the chulin is not more than the truma, it would still be permitted. So the Gemara said Reish Lakish is consistent. Because Reish Lakish holds that Truma Bismana says Midrabanan, but even by Truma Drabanan, you would still need the additional factor that if the Truma fell into the Chulin, the Chulin should outweigh it. But Rabbi Yochanan, it's a question, because Rabbi Yochanan expressed earlier on Daf Pei Aleph, Rabbi Yochanan was of the opinion that. Truma bezman hazez doiraisa. So if truma bezman hazez doiraisa, how could you just say, well, uh, in this case you don't need the chulin to outweigh the truma. So on a doiraisa, you're just going to say, we're just going to presume the truma fell into the truma and the chulin fell into the chulin. I mean, clearly, Rabbi Yochanan here seems to be saying that truma bezman hazez is drabanon. And yet on daf pei aleph, amen aleph, Rabbi Yochanan said, truma bezman hazez is doiraisa. Who is this Rabbanon? Meaning this Brisa goes according to the Rabbanon. And I go like Rabbi Yossi. Well, what does that mean, I go like Rabbi Yossi? Why would Rabbi Yochanan go like a, a minority view? No, when Rabbi Yossi, when Rabbi Yochanan said on Daf Pei Aleph, that Truma Bizman Hazeh is Da'iraisa, he was explaining the reasoning of Rabbi Yossi, that Rabbi Yossi says a androgynous koyen, machila betruma, that's because uh, Rabbi Yochan was explaining the shita of Rabbi Yossi, and Rabbi Yossi holds Truma Bizman Hazeh is Da'iraisa. In other words, Enechanami, Rabbi Yochanan's personal shita is like the Chachamim, that Shuma Bezman Hazeh is rabbinic. However, he was explaining Rabbi Yossi's sheet on Pei Aleph Amen Aleph, who holds Shuma Bezman Hazeh, is the Iraisa. The Tanya we learned in Abraisa, Beseder Oilam, in Seder Oilam, Asher Yorshu Avaisacha Virishta, that your forefathers inherited and took possession of, God promises I will bring you to the land that your forefathers took possession of and inherited. And that implies um, 
says the Gemara, Yerusha Rishayna Ushnia Yesh Lahen Ushlishis Ein Lahen. That a first inheritance in the times of Joshua, that was a Yerusha. In the times of Ezra, that was a Yerusha. So when they were thrown out of the land in times of the Gauls Rishayna, the Kedushas Haaretz was Batel. But they will not have a third Yerusha because the second Yerusha stands for the test of time. So that means if the second Yerusha, when, when Yehoshua went into Eretz Yisrael, that conquering of the land, that possession of the land was Nizbatel. However, when Ezra took control of the land, that control lasts forever. Since it lasts forever, therefore there will not need to be a third uh, Yerusha of the land, but it will be sufficient to rely on the Kibush Ezra. That being the case, that means Rabbi Yoy- who taught Seder Olam? Who's the Tana of Seder Olam? Very often Rashi, when Rashi quotes the years of the Avais or other uh, chronology of the Chumash, he's citing a Brisa called Seder Olam. The author of Seder Olam is Rabbi Yossi. V'am Rabbi Yochanan, man Tana Seder Olam, Rabbi Yossi. B'savar, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan holds, B'drabanan, on something which is the Rabbanon, Okay, one second. So, so basically, we have a Brisa. The Brisa says the second Yerusha will, will last forever, which means then, Truma Bizman according to Rabbi Yossi, is Daraisa. Because if the second Yerusha will stand the test of time, if the second possession of Eretz Yisrael, if when Ezra went into Eretz Yisrael, that, will, that conquest will last forever, that means Truma today would be Medairaisa. So on that Pe'alif, Rabbi Yochan was, was saying his opinion of what Rabbi Yossi holds. However, he personally goes like the Chachamim that Truma Bezmanah says Rabbanan. Now, so then it would come out that Rabbi Yochanan holds personally Truma Bezmanah says Rabbanan. And therefore, you could say that when the Truma fell into either Truma or Chulin, we could be lenient and say it fell into the Truma and not into the Chulin, because we could be lenient on a Drabanan. So says the Gemara, does Rabbi Yochanan hold that on a Drabanan you don't need a Roiv? Vesavar Rabbi Yochanan, does Rabbi Yochanan hold that on a Safik Drabanan, the Drabanan loiba in Rabuya, that you don't need a Roiv? But we're going to bring a case where we're Mesopic and it would seem that Rabbi Yochanan would still require the Roiv to be a factor to be lenient. But now we learned in the Mishnah, Mikvah Sheish by Arbam Sam Chubanais. A Mikvah that has exactly 40 Sa. Now, a Mikvah that has 40 Sa is Kasher. And if you add, let's say, other liquid to a mikvah that's already kosher, the mikvah remains kosher. However, if the mikvah is 39 sa, and you add other liquid, that would apostle uh, the mikvah. We know for a mikvah to be kosher, it has to be 40 sa. If it's 39 sa, the mikvah doesn't have the requisite amount of water. But moreover, if it doesn't have 40 sa, it could then become disqualified if other liquid gets mixed into it, and then even if you add more water to it, it will remain puzzle. 
So we have the following scenario. Mikvah sheyesh by arba amsa. A mikvah that has 40 sa. Mechuvanois. Exactly. Nasan sa. You added a sa of fruit juice. So at this point it's still kosher because you added it to a mikvah of exactly 40 sa, which was kosher. And so it remains kosher when you add um, a sa of other liquids. Vinatal sa. And then you take out a sa. Now, when you're going to take out a sa, in all likelihood, the sa that you take out is not going to be the apple juice that you poured in. The, that apple juice diffused throughout the mikvah, and then when you scoop out a sa, you probably got mostly water and some apple juice mixed in. Now, after you've scooped out that sa, this mikvah doesn't have any more 40 sa of water. Think about the scenario. You had a mikvah exactly of 40 sa of water. You added one sa of fruit juice. Then you scooped out a sa. In all likelihood, when you skipped out that sa, you didn't scoop out exactly a sa of the fruit juice. You scooped out probably mostly water, maybe a little fruit juice diffused into it. The halacha though is, it's kosher. And not only that, you could keep on doing that. Even the, adding a sa of juice, taking out a sa. Adding a sa, because... The reason you could keep on doing that is you had 40 sa of kosher water. You add a sa of juice. So you added the sa to a kosher mikvah. You scooped out a sa, but you scooped out a sa of a mikvah that was halachically all considered water. And then you added another sa of fruit juice, but you added a sa of fruit juice to a mikvah that was halachically considered all water. Because once you have 40 sa of water and you pour anything into it, it gets subsumed. Now, could you keep on doing that? Because by, you know, if you keep on doing that, you're going to have a swimming pool full of apple juice. So the Mishnah says, You could do that until the majority. Now, you could do that until the majority. Now, what does it mean until the, the majority? My love, dinishtaya rubai. You could do that so long as you have 19, uh, 21 sa of water. So you could basically do that 19 times. You could keep on putting in a sa of apple juice, sco- um, scooping out a sa putting in a, a, um, a saw of apple juice, scooping out a saw. You could keep on doing that and as long as, until you have 21, as long as you have 21 saw of water, as long as you have a majority of water. Which means that on a drabana, now other liquids only pass a mikvah midrabanan. And yet, even though it's only a psal drabanan, and technically you could say that when you poured in the apple juice and you scooped out a saw, you could technically say what you scooped out was the apple juice. So, and every time you uh, scoop out, every time you add a saw of apple juice and scoop out a saw, technically you could, you should be able to keep on doing it, keep on doing it, keep on doing it. No, Rabbi Yochanan holds, you need to, you can only do it so long as you know you have roiv water. That shows that even by a dindra banan, you have to main, maintain a majority of water. Says the Gemara, My love, Dinishtai Rubai? Lai, no. 
Rabbi Yochanan would agree, you don't need a roiv by drabanan. What it means is, nishko rubai. It doesn't mean you have to have a majority of water. It means you can't take out the majority, but you could do it 50-50. As long as it's 50-50, it will become batal. So in other words, Rabbi Yochanan would agree, and he's, Rabbi Yochanan is consistent, that you do not need to have a roiv by a drabanan. You just have to make sure that it's not majority fruit juice, but you don't have to have majority water. Vibay Seiman, if you want, you could say, no, really, you need a roiv. And that's why by a mikvah you have to make sure it's majority water. I, why by truma? Why in the case of truma and chulan that fell into truma and chulan, you don't need a roiv? You know why? Because there by truma you have an extra compelling svara to be able to allow it, namely, vibais ema, shani hacha, here it's different, ikalameimar, because you could say, shani oimer, shani oimer. Here there's a svara where you could say, the truma fell into the truma, and the chulan fell into the chulan. The reason you don't need a roiv is because you could apply that logic that, you know what, in all probability, the truma fell into the truma. But you cannot say the same thing, that when you scoop out the sa, you're scooping out entirely fruit juice, because once you pour the fruit juice in, it diffuses into the whole thing. So it's not reasonable to assume that what you're scooping out is only the fruit juice, but uh, um, in all likelihood, you're scooping out some of the water as well. Fine. Now we're discussing um, the very interesting subject of an androgynous. An androgynous is someone who has two simanim, they have um, the reproductive organ of a male and a female. And the Mishnah started off by saying, Rabbi Yoisi and Rabbi Shimon say, an androgynous who's a koyen, who marries Abbas Yisrael, he could feed her truma, which means he's definitely a man. And then we have a, an opinion. An androgynous could marry a woman, but cannot be married by a man. Now, the Gemara brought a machloikas between Rab Yochanan and Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish is of the opinion that the androgynous is a Suffolk man, Suffolk woman. Rab Yochanan is of the opinion an androgynous is a Vadai man. So Gemara is now going to discuss the Machlekes Rabbi Yochanan Reish Lakish. Again, Rabbi Yochanan says he's a Vadai man, and Reish Lakish says he's a Suffolk man, Suffolk woman. Says Gemara, Tanah we learned in a Mishnah. Androgynous, Noisei. An androgynous could marry a woman. So that indicates that an androgynous is a Vadai man. Androgynous, Noisei. Says the Gemara, no. An androgynous is not... Noise is not, should not be read, he could definitely marry a woman. It should be read, Tani Imnasa. Reish Lakish would say, Noise doesn't mean Lecharchila, an androgynous, could marry a woman. It means if he married a woman, Bediyeved, she would have to get a get because he's a Suffolk man. Even though Noise indicates Lecharchila, Reish Lakish reads it as Nisa. Imnasa. Says Gemara, but what do you mean, Vahanoisek Tani? It says, if he marry, uh, it says, 
um, he can marry, which indicates even lechadchila. Says the Gemara, Ula Tamech, and according, again, um, we asked on Rish Lakish that it says you could, the androgynous could marry a woman, lechadchila, which indicates he's a vadai man. So Rish Lakish says back, Ula Tamech, and according to you, that you say, Noise means, he can marry lechatchila. My avoloinisa. What does it mean? But he can't get married. What does loinisa mean? Nis loinisa means that not only can he not get married, um, be married by a man. Lechatchila, it means even bediyeved it's nachal. So just like loy nisa is bediyeved, so nisa is bediyeved. Rish Lakish is proving his opinion. Rish Lakish is of the opinion when it says noise, it means bediyeved. Rish Lakish says, I'll prove it to you, because when it says he can't get married, he can't be married, it doesn't mean he can't be married lechatchila, it means he can't even be married bediyeved. So when it says he, the same way loy nisa is bediyeved, so noise is bediyeved. Says uh, Rabbi Yochan would say back. Again, Reish Lakish would say, "Ula tamechan according to you, mayava loynisa." What's loynisa? It's bediyeved. Elamai nisa diyeved, just like. Nisa is bediyeved. Noisei nami bediyeved. Amri, so Rabbi Yochan would say back, Loi, no. Noisei lechachila mashma. The word noisei implies to get married lechachila. Ava loi nisa, that implies diyeved nami loi. So Rabbi Yochan feels that noisei implies you could get married lechachila. Loi nisa implies you can't even be married by a man, Bidiyavid. Now, now we're going to examine one line in the Mishnah. Namely, um, namely, Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon say Androgynous is Machila Bitshuma. Then, Rabbi Yossi continues, Androgynous noise avaloi nisa. Androgynous could marry a woman. Rabbi Lezer says, Androgynous is chayiv skila. That's the same thing as the Tanakama. They both seem to indicate that an Androgynous is a vaday zachar. Says Gemara, Vahamidik tani seifa. From the fact that it teaches in the seifa, Rabbi Lezer, Oimer, Rabbi Lezer says, Androgynous chayiv and alav skila. Androgynous is chayiv skila, kezachar. Meklal de Tanakama. We see the Tanakama, it implies the Tanakama is Masufic. But the question is, Bain Lamar, Bain Lamar, But according to both opinions, a androgynous is a Vada Zachar. In other words, what's the difference between the Tanakama and Rebbe Lezer? They both seem to indicate androgynous is a Vada Zachar. So the Gemara says the uh, incredible thing. 
if an, if an androgynous is a vaday zachar, normally, the isra of mishkav zachar is to live with the zachar from shaloi kedarka, through the anus. That's the uh, the isra of mishkav zachar. But an androgynous has simanim of an akeva, so potentially, you, uh, one could live with an androgynous from behind and from the front. From behind, the way somebody would do to a, to a Zachar, and from the front, some, the way somebody would do to a Nekeva. So that's enough communion between the Tanakama and Rebbe Lezer. Says Gemara, Ika benayu skila The nafkamina between the two opinions is whether you're chayiv skila from two places. Demar the Tanakama would say, you're chayiv two places to an androgynous. Not only from behind, but from the simon of Nekevos that he has. But the Rebbe Lezer says, no, the Rebbe Lezer says only um, from behind. But from his um, simonim of Nekeva, one would not be chayiv for Mishkav Zachar. Okay, everyone. Hope everybody has a wonderful evening. Thanks for joining. Be'ezus Hashem. Anybody wants uh, tomorrow evening? We have a shir on Parshas Bayigash. Wishing everyone bracha v'atzlach. Have a great night, and thanks for joining. Kol tov, everyone. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.